Hello and welcome to What A Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Elze Vishnevskita, and we are wrapping up 2023 and this is going to be our last episode before a little break and then we're going to be back with some more. Uh, this week we sit down to chat with an international instructor, competitor and performer, Laura Glaze. She shares her approach to learning, uh, teaching, keeping beginner's mindset and finding a way for joyful exploration. We talk about developing your voice as a follower, uh, connecting to your own body, accepting changes that happen in your body over time, what it takes to be a confident dancer and how do we develop that confidence. Finally, Laura shares how she balances her personal life, dance career, and motherhood. Uh, Laura's energy and curiosity to learn left me really inspired, and I hope you'll enjoy this interview as much as I did. So without further ado, put your hands together for Laura Glaze. I wanted to start with um, asking you what are you currently working on and maybe a twofold question where what are you working on as in projects and dance things and also what are you working maybe more in personal life or with yourself? I, I love working on stuff and so I've been uh, taking a lot of street dance classes here in New York. New York is a great place like a lot of uh, uh, different genres of hip hop were invented in New York. Uh, styles of the music was invented in New York. And so there are some teachers in town that like were some of the people that invented it and were on tour mm -hmm. with Mariah Carey in the eighties and stuff like that. And they're great teachers. Um, and so I'm, I've been taking their classes and the, the work that they do, some of it is like, it depends on the teacher you get, but some of it is like really intricate choreography, which is just like an excellent brain exercise, you know, and trying to like take in all of that really intricate and arms too. Like we don't do arms too much in Lindy Hop. And so you've got all of this like polyrhythmic, like all four limbs are up to something. Plus your middle is supposed to be up to something as well, you know? And some of it is just like really simple rhythms, but like making it look totally different. I think that's something that's, that's really exciting. Like, I, I think that you don't have to be a very advanced dancer before you start being able to do fancy things. But I feel like you do have to be kind of advanced dancer to do really simple things and make it look really beautiful and mm -hmm. special, you know? And so that's been a big emphasis in my dancing recently. And then Caleb Teicher hooked me up with this, uh, person to trade tap with, which I've been very excited. This dude's named John Missouri, and he like was on Broadway. He was just in uh, Caleb's show, Buzz, and he's a legit awesome tap dancer who's interested in Lindy Hop. And so we've been trading that, and I've been loving on that. Um, and then just, of course, like air steps. I learned to do <laughs> air steps for ILHC last year and I still don't really know how to do them and they're very terrifying. And so I'm going to figure out how to do that. You know, I'm trying to learn everything. I just want to learn everything. Working on my latte art. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I want to learn everything. <laughs> I think, I think I love Lindy Hop, but maybe something I love more than Lindy Hop is learning stuff. <laughs> That's beautiful. I mean, well, you strike me as someone who's very, very curious but also who has so much energy, probably people tell you that all the time. But it just <laughs> seems like that energy that you have and the willingness to learn is just, it's so, so amazing. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things, like, I, I really want to project a willingness to learn because like mm. a lot of, I've gotten a lot of really great information, but I feel like I've gotten so much great information from maybe this sounds bad, but like unsolicited advice you know, mm. like when I was a, a newer dancer, I remember I would go out social dancing at the Fed and um, my friend Sean Rice, he like led me into some kind of like tuck turn that goes down the line and I spun in place because I was a beginner. And he was like, you know what, if I lead you down the line and then I spin you, you should spin down the line. And I was like, oh, that's, 
thank you. You know, like, <laughs> yes, unsolicited advice, you know, people have like, like, uh, my, my old roommate, Eric Lim, like, I forget what it was exactly, but sometimes I would do like, like, like not dancing, but some kind of like personally awkward thing. It was like, it's a little awkward when you do that. And I was like, great. I'm going to learn to be a more normal person. Yeah. So so yeah, I it's, want to project that it's okay mm-hmm. to tell me something, you know. So, so you, have you always been good at taking feedback? Or is it something I you've learned? I know that I've always been good. I think that it's something that I've learned. Yeah. Like, I think in, in some things I've always been good. But, like, in other things, you, you just have to, like, let yourself know, like, they they wouldn't tell you if... Well, I mean, maybe they would tell you because they're being mean, but probably they're telling you because they want you to be better. And whether they're being mean or whether they want you to be better, either way, that's a piece of information that you maybe didn't have before. Mm. And you should like breathe and investigate, you know, Mm. like maybe it's not good for you. Maybe it's misplaced advice. But you're not going to know if you don't take a breath and investigate. Mm. And if you don't take a breath and investigate, then you can't get better about that, you know? Yeah. I feel like also teaching has taught me how to be a better student and how to be better at feedback, both giving it, but also receiving. Because you just see how important it is when you're a teacher in a classroom, but also then when you become a student, you just apply the same things. And I feel like I've become such a better student in anything I learn because of yeah. teaching dance for, for some years. And uh, you, in one of your Q&As, you talk about taking street dance classes and you were mentioning about like learning a simple step or like one step and um, really working on different ways to do it. And mm-hmm. I find it really inspiring because, you know, people, I think we get stuck a lot of like, I need to know more things, more rhythms, more steps. And then a lot of times like solo jazz becomes quite intimidating. Yeah. So, so that kind of idea, and you you mentioned it like I think a few times, and I, I I was in your class and swim out, and you were saying about the tain what you do, it's the way that you do it. Um, yeah. It, so are you co- like consciously exploring this idea of also in your own dancing, trying to find ways Absolutely. to do something? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like take the take the simplest jazz step that you can think of, like one that be, a beginner can immediately replicate. You know, like mm. kick steps. And so I've been teaching classes lately where I'm like doing kick steps with just like a regular bounce doing kick steps where I'm really like emphasizing like, like a a kind of a sideways (laughs) butt action. (laughs) I'm I'm all about butts (laughs) Um, and doing like this thing that like the, from, from what I understand hip hop community calls like a rock doing Mm -hmm. that sideways rolling, doing, you know, like Mm -hmm. different, different ways of integrating it. And then on top of all of that, that of course is going to imbue the kick stuff with an entirely different flavor. And then you've got like changing up the rhythm. Like, are you kicking in front? Are you kicking the sideways? Are you kicking in back? How is that going to resonate with the rest of your body? Cause if I kick sideways, the rest of my body is going to have to react to that in a totally different way. And that's good. I don't want to try to isolate necessarily. Like that's a good thing to be able to do if it's a choice, but also feeling how the rest of your body is connected and needs to support this new choice that you're making. Mm -hmm. And that can open up all kinds of new doors as well. Um, And then of course, like adding different textures, like downs and twists and slide, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and then you, you start with this really simple template of kickstep. And then you have just like full choruses that you can just riff off of. If you think about, Mm -hmm. you know, like mimicking the rhythm section of a song and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you start adding those different textures, you can really go for a long time. And so Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been finding that really, really exciting. And then you take the stuff that you learned from that and you apply it to like a tack Annie or a box step or a fall off the log, like everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think something that, something that really resonates with me is like when, when as a, as a more beginner dancer, I'd look at vintage footage and 
as a beginner dancer, I didn't have like a very trained eye. So you see like arms and legs, you see like kicks, you see appendages, you know what I mean? And so you start doing that, you know, and then you learn a little bit more and you look and you see like, oh, they got like, they got a bounce, you know, their standing leg is more important than their kicking leg. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. you start getting into like the mechanics of, of like, not only how the body movement is more efficient, but like what makes it kind of look like Lindy Hob, you know? And I know that this is like a, like a difficult subject because Lindy Hop is very, very individual. And so you don't, it's not one thing that looks like Lindy Hop, but at the same time, Lindy Hop is something specific. Like it does look like something. Mm-hmm. And I think like all those dancers have that commonality of like this relationship with rhythm, this sense of groundedness, like the, um, the, the crease in the hips and like, soft knees and ankles and things like that you know and then after you're integrating that like I start going to these street dance classes and I'm learning all these different ways to to move my middle and stuff like that and you go back to this original footage and you're like oh crap they're doing that too you know Mm -hmm. but like I didn't have the eye necessarily that was good enough to see it and so it's like, well, of course they're doing it in street dance because they were doing it before. You know what I mean? It's like the mm-hmm. same culture that made all of this up. Of course that was there. And so then it just like gives more richness and more detail and more density to what you were doing before, you know? And I think mm-hmm. it connects it further to the lineage. Is there any tension when you explore these things? Like what, what grounds me to the dance? What is Lindy Hop? And then exploring your body movement, different styles and kind of like combining these two. Do you ever feel like, oh, then maybe this is going too far. I have to get back and then maybe move again. Yeah, I think, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm such a Lindy Hopper. Like <laughs> I've been doing Lindy Hop for 22 years now and I've been taking street dance classes for like, three months. And so so I feel like I'm not, I'm not good enough yet to, Mm -hmm. to have that much of attention, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, like right now I just kind of want to, want to explore how they match. And I feel like the tension definitely could be there. And I don't want to, to look like I'm being disrespectful to either dance. And so I really want to be mindful of that, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, like I'm a, I'm such a baby. I know barely anything. You know? Mm-hmm. So, but something I want to add too, um, and this is just like my my soapbox for for all the beginners that listen to your podcast. Like being a beginner is so good, you guys. <laughs> like you will never learn faster than when you're a beginner. You go from knowing nothing to knowing anything that is massive, you know? (laughs) It's so good. The trajectory is like, the the curve is like so high. Mm, Enjoy being a beginner. True. But then... Everybody around you is better. That means everybody around you can show you something. True. After you're really good at something, nobody can show you anything. you got to really work. (laughs) That's why, like, being then an intermediate, whatever that means, can be such a tricky place because suddenly the 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 learning curve is just not you know doesn't go as steep and then you like the three years is kind of that mark where people are starting to either look for a new hobby or they push it forward and they keep (laughs) keep searching for new things in the dance but it's kind of like a a moment where yeah maybe it's hard to feel that you're learning new things and your dancing is changing do you have any advice for that moment I mean I was, I was lucky. Everything was always really fun. You know, like, like if you, if you feel like you're stagnating and you're not learning something, take your camera and point it at a different direction. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like I feel like there, Lindy Hop has, has such depth to it. Like if you think about like really continuing through with your momentum holding yourself in a certain way, being fluid with how you move through your steps. You know, you got that like basic connection stuff. And then you have like the idea of playing with the rhythms, listening to the rhythm section and how it interacts with the melody and how it 
it's not the same as the melody. It's this bolstering extra force, you know what I mean? And how you can make your dance represent that. Um, you've got like solo jazz, you've got learning the other side, you know, like mm-hmm. there are so many different directions that you can point your focus and each new direction is going to mean something to every other direction because it's all linked together. And so I feel like if, if you feel like you're, you're having trouble progressing and being slow at learning, like point your camera somewhere else, you know, like shake it off for a second. Like you don't have to keep on climbing the same mountain because the mountain has so many different peaks. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you can climb up a different side. Mm. When you look back at your teaching, how has it um, evolved over over years and where are you right now? Mm-hmm. I think um, it's, I feel like it's become more personal in the sense that I feel very connected to the idea that I have a way of doing things and it's not the way of doing things, you know, Mm. like I'm very confident with what I do and how I do it. And I can tell you what that is, but I also feel very confident that there are many other ways to do it. And I, I feel better about how to express that. Maybe I'm misleading myself, you know, because I think, uh, especially with like perhaps a more beginner audience, you're like, there are so many different ways. There's this way and this way and this way. And mm-hmm. this is the way I do it. And the beginner's like, that's the way you do it. I'm going to chisel it in stone. <laughs> and that's what it is forever. Maybe that's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I feel like really, really connected to that idea that like the, this is my way. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that makes sense. And it's also like when you learn, yeah, maybe at some point it's hard to see that this is one of the ways. But then again, with experience, you can see that, oh my God, everyone just does it so differently. There's some connecting yeah. tissue there. But then, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that's also the most inspiring dancers is when you see them dance as themselves. Like it's really... Yeah a developed skill set and a language and a movement that you can recognize from far away and you can Mm -hmm. like it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to copy it, but you're like, that's that person and they move like themselves. Yeah. And I find that so inspiring always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it takes a minute to figure out like what you want to do. It takes some research, you know, but that's like, again, part of the fun, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I Uh, don't feel that it's like wrong to, uh, copy people in the beginning stages you know what I mean like from what I understand like jazz musicians do that all the time like they're transcribing the exact solo of Johnny Hodges and they're trying to play exactly like Johnny Hodges and then trying to do something exactly like somebody else you know and it's through kind of like following the template of the masters that they're able to find their own voice like I definitely I copied the hell out of Virginie oh my gosh I was such a good Virginie there for a second you know like (laughs) I've copied like Frida and Naomi and Ramon like so many so many different follows and like lots of leaves like I'm still copying Albin's oh my gosh Mm -hmm. um and I feel like the the amalgamation of all of these like inspiring characters kind of can can show you who you want to be and I feel like not copying anybody and just going out on your own can be kind of, it can be more difficult to be like, what are my options? Yeah. Anything? Eternity? Wow. That's very, that's very big. (laughs) Yeah. It's like discovering (laughs) who you are as a person. Like it's hard to say who you are. Like you are a mix of experiences and things you learn rather than just finding yourself somewhere hidden. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And when you follow, like it just, you seem to have like such a strong presence and I think such a strong voice. Uh, I find it very inspiring. Do you, like, how was that evolution for you as well? Like in following in Lindy Hop and partnership? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, like I was kind of a loud mouth from the very beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think like, this is, this is probably a question that you get a whole lot too, is like, like, how 
how good do I have to be at following before I start putting in variations, you know? And I think my answer is like, not good at all. You could be not good at all and just start doing stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But know that like when you start adding variations, it's going to damage your following. But if you just focus on following, it's going to damage your ability to have a voice, you know, like Mm -hmm. they are, they are opposed. They, they are not, good for each other. They hurt each other, but they're both absolutely necessary to be the best Lindy Hopper that you can be. Um, and so you just like focus on one and then you focus on the other. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the yin and the yang. And you just like accept that this is going to be my me dance and this is going to be my best following dance, you know? <laughs> Although this is something that I remember, like um, this hasn't happened in a really long time. But I remember I used to practice and sometimes practice would go like with a partner um, and sometimes practice would go pretty well. And sometimes it was just like really terrible, like everything was wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and um, my partner and I did not know what was up. And then one day we realized that it was like when things were really bad, it's when I was like really trying to follow, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like when, when I'm really like shutting off all the joy and all the personality, you know what I mean? I'm just going to take things as literally as possible. Like things like you, you would have to be so precise and amazing to get me to do stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you, even even as you're following, like you don't have to like try to put in crazy stuff, but like you're a person, shake it off, like dance to the music, let the music like feel like you want to have like a, a greater pulse or a smoother pulse or flow through something a bit or like be a bit more molasses you go through something, you know, like even if you don't add any variations at all, that sense of dance and that sense of like wanting to participate is a necessary part of following. I think like mm-hmm. if you, if for me, if I wanted to be like a good follow and you're going to have to tell me exactly what it is. It, I mean, like we could do stuff, but it was a drag, you know? Yeah. Well, you, it's yeah. also because you don't get to know the other person when they're, let's say just following, you know, when they're not yeah. showing up as themselves, then you're like, it's just a bit boring. Yeah, and then you go to a dance and they're themselves. And it's like, well, this is a totally... I'm unprepared for this now. <laughs> yeah, like you gotta, so you gotta practice what it actually is. If you strip away you, yeah. when are you gonna not be you? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it, but also, like for me, I really feel like it's a constant... It's a change depending on how I feel and my mood. Like there's some dances where I feel like I want to be so loud. Like I almost don't, like I listen, but I like I barely listen. I'm just like feeling something so strong. And then yeah. other dances, I'm just like, you know, like it's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm more here for listening. And maybe I don't have much to say on that dance or that night or that band. And that's also mm-hmm. like, you can kind of as a follower, I feel like, go through different stages of your following and how you feel with different people rather than like, this is me and this is the only way I am. Yeah. Dance yeah. And show up. Yeah. But that's true for, you know, being a person, like you show up to this party and you're like really, really chatty and you show up to that party and you're maybe a little bit more tired, a little bit more contemplative, you know, like mm. you're you the whole time, but you is not constant. Mm, for sure. How do you, how are you with like social settings? Because it's like, we have so much time for dancing, but then usually festivals and so on. It's like a very socially charged environment. Yeah. Uh, do you thrive or are there are some challenges? I mean, I feel like I really love people. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I used to think that I was introverted, but now I realize, or I, I feel that I'm a raging extrovert who's just a little <laughs> awkward sometimes, you know, <laughs> like I love people and I want to hang out with them, but I, I won't always know what to say, but I definitely want to be there, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like meeting people and hearing about their stories and hearing about their questions, you know, I feel like I, I really thrive off of a lot of that now that said if we're at a dance and the the music is good 
if you see me talking, probably I don't want to be talking. <laughs> probably I want to be dancing instead. <laughs> but outside of a dance context, <laughs> I, I love hanging out. Those shattered conversations on a dance floor where you're like kind of looking at a dance floor for someone to dance with, oh, but you're yeah, also yeah, trying like, to keep engaged. You're tapping your foot. Yeah. You're like, mm, no, I care about this. <laughs> Damn, that was a good riff, right? <laughs> <laughs> now tell me more about your personal life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you also started your YouTube channel, which it's, it's beautiful. There's so much on it and you keep doing it. Uh, as I understand, it kind of started as a COVID project and yeah, kept growing. Like just before COVID is when I decided before. to do what I think. Mm -hmm. It was like a hair before. Like my, my very first videos were just like jazz dance along warm up, you know, before class. Mm -hmm. And you can see like me and my San Antonio friends were in a dance studio together and we're just like rolling through stuff. And then COVID happened like immediately. <laughs> Like the week after or something, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, so <laughs> it was pretty fortuitous timing, I guess. And now you still keep keep putting new videos. Like it still continues. Yeah, yeah, how, I'm, trying. How, I'm trying. How do you come up with like topics or content? Oh, I feel like it's it's... Some of it is like like the easy ones are like vocabulary, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, I want to do, I'm working on editing a side pass video right now. And I'm going to do a video on just the tuck turn. Um, uh, and one of the things that I, that I want to be able to do is, well, I'll get into that later, but just vocabulary, you know, because one of the reasons why I started the channel is like, I started dancing in San Antonio and it was a really tiny scene And, um, I think there were probably like eight of us or something like that. And we were all like really obsessed, but, mm -hmm. but eight is not too many, you know? And my teachers had been dancing a year. And so like, they, they were great compared to me, especially, you know what I mean? But like, they didn't have all the answers either. Um, and then like, we would go out to Lindy Fest or something like we'd go to an event and then we'd come back and we're dancing at Sam's Burger Joint on Monday nights to Texas Piano Man. And it was just like, so sad. Like I remember being like physically depressed about the lack of access that I had, you mm. know? Um, and so like, I really feel for, and then, um, we were, at Lindy Focus and Lindy Focus would have, um, they started doing uh, little cultural talks and stuff. And Brie was managing a cultural talk. And um, one of the topics was like, uh, dancers of color would talk about like what teachers had told them in classes. And like my world, like I was, I was a teacher at that point. This was like somewhat recently, somewhat recent. And um my world is like the local classes that I teach and then going to these different workshops where you have like some of the very best teachers there and you have students that are, that have some amount of access and everybody's going and everybody's excited. And then you would hear about like these smaller scenes and these teachers telling these uh, dancers of color, like, things that I would consider wrong, you know, like you need to be more upright. You need to be less you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just felt that that was like so sad. And it really made me feel like the, the quality of instruction, especially in like smaller scenes is just going to be so disparate. And I don't want to put that down because like, that's what I came from. And then Lindy Hop is so like built on the backs of volunteers Like if you have any amount of energy and if you know anything, let's do this, you know, because nobody else is going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm really sympathetic for that. And so I wanted to put together information that was like, hopefully easy to watch, engaging, didn't give information that I thought was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, was was more loving to to different body types and like really projected the idea that you don't have to to do it a certain way you know um to hopefully like help people in these different scenes and that's i think one of the reasons why i keep on putting stuff out there as well like it's not a complete set what i have you know 
Mm. That was kind of far off of the idea of, of how I come up with content. <laughs> no, but that, that totally makes sense. I, I love to hear the, the story behind and like the reasoning to start something like that. Because it is a big project in the end. Like I imagine it takes quite a lot of time to produce even one video and, and, and energy to put into it. Yeah, it's, it's some hours. <laughs> but yeah. I've learned some great editing skills. Yeah, I got mm. like, boom, my Final Cut Pro is on point now. <laughs> and it's also like definitely something like I, my teachers in Lithuania, my team, like they, they're always like sharing some videos and like, oh, Laura made, made this new video. I'm going to try to apply it in my classes and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's spreading all around. I love it. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Help all of the teachers. Yeah. yeah. I think also like if you're a teacher and you're like, you know, you got to teach a class, but you have no idea what to do, you know, mm. like not that you should do what I'm doing, but if you have no ideas, there's that. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, like advice, but also how people that look different and have maybe different body types, different backgrounds. It's like the dance will look different on, on all of us. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of want to, bring this to the idea of competitions and, um, and how do we, how do you think we can work on like that and having this diversity while in competitions where sometimes it feels like we are looking for something that fits a box yeah. of a winner, yeah. couple dancer and so on. I don't know if I have the answers like, Like the, one of the things that I feel is, um, if you look a certain way, like you have lots of templates on different things that you can do that are successful. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if you're like thin and athletic, you've got a myriad of different prototypes that you can go for, you know? Mm. And if you look different, you have more work to figure out like what you can do and what you can bring that specifically you, because you just have fewer, um, uh, examples, you know, but I think that like, it's definitely, it's definitely happened. Like even on a really simple level, I remember, um, my husband Brooks said that Mikey Petroza was a huge influence because he wasn't tall, you know? Mm. And like, you look at like the earlier Lindy Hop videos and like all of these dudes are tall. <laughs> like, obviously you can't be a good Lindy Hopper if you're not tall. Like it's an impossibility, you know, <laughs> you can have fun dancing it, but you'll never be good, you know? Mm -hmm. And then Mikey comes along and Brooks is like, oh, I could be good. Look, he's not <laughs> tall. I could be good, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so like, I think you just need to like figure out what your body can do, do it. And then you can be inspiring for other people that look like you, you know? And I want to try to like, this is a separate thing, but like, that's another thing that I want to do on my channel. That's very, that's very difficult. Unfortunately, it's like finding people that look different. Mm -hmm. Looking different just doesn't sound, that doesn't sound good. Finding people that don't look like me, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. I mean by looking different, mm -hmm. but just people that don't look like me mm -hmm. <laughs> and featuring them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I also, I, I started to really kind of put conscious effort For example, we're in festivals and we're judging these competitions and it's, it's like always kind of like trying to look again, um, not only to what you're used to and maybe something that's mm -hmm. closer to you, but kind of like looking mm -hmm. beyond, yeah, just so many ways the dance can look on people. And it's sometimes challenging because again, like we're biased in so many ways and just like always when you have those five minutes to like pick five finalists for a solo jazz competition you're like i'm in my head like oh i'm gonna challenge these yeah. ideas and, and just trying to bring people like new something people i try in. to do something i try to do is like if if somebody doesn't fit the mold i try to give them like extra seconds you know mm. like i'm going to look at you longer mm -hmm. um to try to to try to overcome that bias you know like if you're uh like older or like if you're like a um a femme presenting leader or masculine presenting follower or something you know like i'm going to give you extra time 
to try to overcome what what I normally associate, you know, just because not that I'm meaning to normally associate, but I I understand that like I'm I've been looking at the same thing that everybody else has been looking at. And then a lot of the times it's the same, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I it's like these things I again on one of your Q and A's on your videos, someone asked a question that uh, that person said they they've gained weight over pandemic and now they have a hard time connecting to their body and dancing. And you had a really nice way of answering and, and kind of what you said now of like finding ways and finding new ways to, to still love your body and love your movement. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's like something that I, I, I think many people struggle with as our bodies change. Maybe some things will not feel the same. Maybe some ways of dancing will feel uncomfortable. And it's just like kind of having enough space in the, in the dance scene that we can dance in many different ways. It doesn't always have to be fastest swing outs for like four minutes. You know, it's like you, you can, you can do whatever feels comfortable and find that space. Yeah. I think it's, it's difficult because like you have Lindy Hop is so many different things. Like Lindy Hop is a social fun, good time. Mm-hmm. Lindy Hop is performance. Lindy Hop is competition, you know, Lindy Hop is so many different tempos. And so like some part of me does wonder, like, like, for example, you have the normalizer for ILHC, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's fast. And that's very trick centric, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, it's hard for me to imagine a 50 year old version of myself being successful, you know? (laughs) And so like, on the one hand, I, I, I want everybody to have access to everything but on the other hand, I also realized that like, if we value a certain format, I will have to be, I'll really have to investigate what 50 year old me can do to mm-hmm. like, you know, challenge Nils and Bianca. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Cause they'll be just 30. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. Well, it's also when we see, again, there's an inspiration we draw from old clips and, and Hell's a Poppin' and all of that. But then there's also so much inspiration we draw from like Frank and Norma and when they were in their 80s. So, and it's yeah. like, that's very different dancing, but yeah. it can yeah. fit probably different formats to to have space for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like like uh, if if I don't fit in like a normalizer at 50, like... That makes sense. I'll be sad that I that I will not be able to do that stuff anymore, probably. But mm-hmm. it makes sense. And there will be other things that I can do. Mm-hmm. And like minimally, I feel like I'll always have the social dance floor. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the thing that I care about the most, you know, more than like any kind of routine or competition. Like the social floor is where I like to live. Mm. Yeah, because there's like, there's dancers that, I think really are competitive dancers. They're like, like their drive is competitions and performances. And then some people in like what you said, you're like just social dancers. And that's like the, the biggest joy. Mm-hmm. Mm, how do you feel about competitions in general? Like, is it something you excited to do or you're kind of doing it for the challenge? Um, I, I do like them. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm, blessed to like most things (laughs) one of the things that that i feel like i'm i'm very very lucky is that like i like almost everything um the the challenge like how how it it scares me how i have to kind of overcome that nervousness and that fear um what i need to do to feel prepared the, how it pushes me to work on things. And I feel like the, one of the beautiful things about a competition is like everybody has, Lindy Hop is different for everybody. And I get to tell you like, this is what I think Lindy Hop is. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like promoting my vision, you know, like this is, this is the reason why I like it. Hopefully you like it too, based on what I've just done, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Laura, I, I'm just, it's, you're the happiest person I've met, I think. Like, your joy <laughs> to do everything. Like, I've talked to so many people on this podcast and I feel like <laughs> no one was as happy as you are. It's very inspiring. <laughs> um, also, we'll make probably a lot of people feel inadequate in their lives. No, they'll be like, no. I can't. I Everybody's can't so adequate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and how is uh, training Ariels? Because like you, you, this year, you and AJ threw down I so know. hard. It was terrifying. Gosh, it was terrifying, right? Um, I'm, I'm really lucky. I live in a, in an apartment complex. Uh, Bobby White lives in the same apartment complex. He's very interested in aerials. And so we would like go down for a lunch break, you know, and he would just throw me in the park. Um, uh, it's, it's hard getting spotters, but I think like, this is probably bad. Don't, don't do what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody listening, don't do it what I'm saying is wrong. Okay. <laughs> but like, because I'm doing air with people who already know how to do air, I feel like I have an inordinate amount of trust. And so they're like, you want to go over? And I'm like, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You know? <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we just start going, you know? Um, and I, uh, yeah, like, I feel like learning, learning air has been really, really fun. I feel like it connects me to something important in the history of Lindy Hop. I feel like Lindy Hop probably wouldn't have made as big an impact in the world stage as it, as it did without air steps, you know? Mm. Um, not that it's the only thing Lindy Hop has to offer. I feel like I'm, I'm evidence of that. I lived like basically my whole Lindy Hop life without doing it <laughs> until recently. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I enjoy the rush. I enjoy the technique. I enjoy the focus that it requires. I enjoy like how much you have to hone into to another person and kind of like eliminate everything else. Um, I feel like it's, it's definitely practicing. Practicing is not terrifying. Practicing is, is, is easy, I guess. Mm. But like putting it like, like at ILHC when we actually had to do it on the floor, that was really scary because that's the first time I've done something like that. And it's just like so high stakes, you know, Yeah. like if I go out there with a partner and be like flubber choreography or something like that, you know, that's some people might not even notice, you know, yeah. but if we go out there and we flub an aerial like we did, <laughs> <laughs> people notice that, you know, like it's hard to be like, <laughs> so i mean we didn't we didn't flub it that bad you know what i mean but it's just like if i like land on my head or something right you know like i feel like yeah. nothing as an audience member nothing makes me more uncomfortable than seeing an air step that looks unsafe you know yeah. just like oh why did you do that just pull it don't do it don't yeah. do it. Like if it looks unsafe, do not do it you know mm -hmm. that's been something that i believed in my whole life and now i'm out there being like Oh, hope this works out. <laughs> <laughs> well, also it's tricky because a lot of times in an audience, maybe because we've seen a bunch of, you know, air steps that don't end well or work out really well. <laughs> Every time you feel an air step coming, there's a bit of this clenching where you're like, I hope yeah. it's going to yeah. go well. <laughs> And then when it does, it's such a relief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the people are like clapping out of relief more than, than being impressed. They're like, she lived. <laughs> so true. Um, what are, you've, you've traveled to so many events in US and, and Europe and beyond. And like, what kind of events do you, would you like to see in the future? Or maybe what, what are the changes that you're like, um, I'm really hoping this will move towards a direction. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I was thinking about, like, um, earlier in, in my Lindy Hop life, there used to be these crossover events with West Coast Swing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think they happen so much anymore, or at least I haven't been to one in a really, really long time. Um, but they used to be pretty frequent and it was, it was cool because like, 
like we would learn some West Coast things and maybe the West Coast dancers would learn a little bit of Lindy Hop as well. <laughs> and you would have like these competitions where the West Coast swing dancers and the Lindy Hoppers would um, compete with one another. And I feel like I have like a lot of technique that comes from that. And therefore, like if I go to a dance like ISDC, I can be more oh, uh, international swing dance championships, which mm-hmm. happens over, yeah, uh, Tina Morales's event, which is not Lindy Hop. Um, I can be a pretty successful follow there because I have the ability to to hear things that don't really happen in in the Lindy Hop uh, that's done most commonly, you mm-hmm. know. And so I was thinking it would be so nice to have like um, street dance Lindy Hop crossover events. You know, I feel like that's something that. Uh, Lindy hoppers are really trying to push for. And a lot of times we'll have like a hip hop instructor or like an Afro beats instructor or something like that. Just like one person coming to the event to teach. And I think that that's really good. Um, But I feel like it's difficult also because that person is like isolated and they're trying Mm -hmm. to like, they, they can't represent their entire culture because it's Mm -hmm. too big and they're one perspective, you know, and not that like, a collection of 10 of them or 300 of them would be able to represent their entire culture either, Mm -hmm. but it's like a bigger set, you know? And then also like we, during those crossover events, we would like go to the West coast room and we would hear their music and see how they're interacting and stuff like that. We would go to the Lindy hop room, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it would be really nice to be able to like have a, have a situation where it's easier for Lindy hoppers who are less inclined to like go into their space, you know what I mean? And see what, what they're doing and how they interact with each other and the music that they're doing and stuff like that, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it could be difficult to, to feel like you're alone, you know? Um, and I think it's a really important thing to be able to do, but for people who, who are, are shy and, and maybe don't have enough time to like go find something else on their own, like to be mm-hmm. able to have those events where you can see the other side, I think would mm-hmm. be really nice. Yeah. Cause sometimes there is maybe a, a person teaching house or hip hop, but then there's sometimes not even 10, 15 minutes of that music in the party. So yeah. it just kind of stays as a taster without mm-hmm. real experience. Like class. Yeah, yeah, which is also a bit awkward. Um, I'm thinking like something I've been considering on this topic of like mixing things and combining different styles. And and you do both solo jazz and Lindy Hop. It's like, I think a lot of people come to Lindy class because maybe they like jazz, maybe they don't know about it much, but they also are interested in partner dancing. I think it's yeah. like they're maybe not as interested in like learning so much about their own body movement, but they're like, I kind of just want to connect with someone and dance mm-hmm. and get to know people. And, uh, and then they get maybe in solo jazz or they don't. And I find that the challenge, cause like solo jazz is getting more space in our community. But then when we mix it, like maybe there's a hip hop class or something, I think there's still like a big part of people that don't feel comfortable because they're like, I kind of just want to partner dance. So mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine even like crossovers with West Coast Swing or even what's done in ISDC with like other styles. It's like still couple dancing. So that might mm-hmm. be an easier mix. But whereas I still see a challenge of like sometimes for people to mix things that are solo and you kind of have to be okay moving by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you're moving with your partner. And I don't know if you think that that's also a challenge or maybe how to work around this kind of a still a difference between solo dancing and partner dancing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it is a challenge, but I feel like it's so important, you know, Mm -hmm. like like in order to be a Lindy Hopper, I feel like you have to be comfortable on your own, like it's a dance about individuality. If you're not comfortable on your own, how can you be an individual, you know? Mm. Um, and so I think like, yes, there's that, there's that discomfort. Um, 
but I really, I think it's so important. And I think like, I want, I want every instructor to do like some amount of solo work in their partner classes, you know, just to like help people dip their toes in, you know, Mm. um, at ISTC, they have like a lot of different line dances and stuff like that. And maybe that's a good in because you don't have to be like creative and improvise. That's incredibly intimidating, you know, be like, go out there and show me all your vocabulary, you know, like, <laughs> oh, basic Charleston again, basic Charleston again. What else do I know? Again, basic Charleston. I'll fall off the fall. You know what I mean? Like, that's hard. That was such an accurate description of like a solo dancer. What are the other moves that I know? Because it's me, it's me. <laughs> um, and so like, if I feel like if you can if you can give people like like small small pieces that they can take away, you know, like more than just the shim sham. The shim sham's a great start. I am behind the shim sham a hundred percent, you know. Um, but give people more little pieces and like let them like have class time to to maybe be able to like jam with each other in a really structured safe feeling way or something you know Mm. and it's hard because like a lot of the times classes are just an hour and you want to try to you know get through a good amount of chunk but i feel like let the mindset be that like any solo material you go over is an important chunk you know like people if people don't know how to move their bodies and i think this is like the health of lindy hop in general like not only is it important for you as an individual to be able to move yourself, but I think like if Lindy Hop is full of people that are afraid of that, that's really bad for Lindy Hop, you know? And I feel like if Lindy Hop is therefore full of people who aren't very good at moving, people watching Lindy Hop might not want to participate because it's just not going to look as good as we know it can look, you know? Mm -hmm. So like for the good of everybody personally and for the good of Lindy Hop as an entire dance, I think solo dancing is, you can't ignore it. Yeah. Yeah, like when I think of it, the most confidence, confident Lindy Hoppers I know um, are people who are also confident and moving by themselves and not only confident, but they're like, they're finding joy and exploring mm-hmm. moving by themselves. No coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I, I want to get a little bit more in like just a, of your like personal life and managing uh, dance career, motherhood, um, other things in life. How is that going for you? Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, uh, I just got back from uh, teaching in Shanghai last night. Oh. Um, and so I was there. I was gone for seven days. And I can do that because of Brooks Prumo, you know? Mm. Like, um, uh, and I think that, like, I feel like people people can do this. People can, can be parents and be dancers. And I want them to do it. I think that's great, but I don't think you can do it on your own. You know, like Mm -hmm. we don't live close to family. It's, it's just us or a babysitter that's $25 an hour. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and so like he, he is the reason that I can do anything, you know, like, he and 3K are the reason that I'm able to live any amount of, of the life that I was before I was a mom, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think just like, I'm, I'm so grateful. We, we don't get to dance together very often, you know? Um, and I think that that's the sadness because I love dancing with Brooks. I think that he's so creative. I feel like he like a lot of the times when I lead, I'm leading Brooks moves. Like my coolest <laughs> moves are Brooks moves, you know? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like I know it's, I know it's temporary and I know that we'll be able to like dance with each other again. I don't know how long it's going to be, but like we just got to keep on going until we finally get there, you know? Mm. How was that change of like identity, you know, kind of, 
Laura as a dancer and then Laura as a mom and now Laura as both. Yeah. I feel like that it's a really difficult transition, honestly. Um, and I don't want to dissuade anybody from, from going for it, but like, especially like as a, as a new mom, I didn't really know kids. Like I hadn't hung out with any kids and I wasn't sure exactly what to look. So you hear it's hard. You hear you're really tired, you know, but like, you don't know, mm-hmm. especially if you, you don't know kids. Um, but I feel like it's so, you're so tired and they're so needy and so time consuming that like, sometimes, sometimes I could feel how easy it would be to just like give up on everything else, you know, just mm-hmm. like, Oh, just, just be a mom. If you just didn't care about anything else, then there wouldn't be this conflict. Just give up and be a mom. And then it would be so much simpler, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like like maintaining your sense of self is something that you kind of have to actively fight for in a way that you that you don't before. You know, you could just you could just be, but now you have somebody who needs you. Mm-hmm. like almost 24 hours a day, you know, like you have mm-hmm. to figure out how you can be you in the face of such persistent need, you know? Yeah. What are things apart from Brooks that help you keep a balance of family life, practicing dance, going to classes, teaching? What are some pillars that you're like coming yeah. back to? 3K. <laughs> Child care. <you> know? <laughs> like, um, um, I think that like we're getting to the point where like we can we can play music and Malcolm wants to participate and stuff like that, but he's only three. And so he like he doesn't have a lot of interest in a lot of the things that I have interest in, you know. <laughs> we don't have a lot of overlap right now. <laughs> And I think that's He's not interested of- in latte art? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, he does have a tiny espresso machine. He has a tiny espresso machine and he'll like use the, the foaming one. He'll go, <laughs> and he'll make me a latte, you know? So cute, Aww. right? But like everything, everything has to be on his terms, you know? Like if you're playing a game, it's an elaborate yes and, you know, you're like playing improv, but... You yes and Malcolm, and he can definitely know your idea, you know? <laughs> and so, like, like e- everything is on his terms, and everything is kind of in his service. Mm-hmm. And so, like, some of it is also, like, working on um, being able to set boundaries with him, which you can't do early on. So you've got to kind of, like, figure out when you can start saying, like, mama needs another five minutes, you know, or like mm-hmm. go play for, for 10 minutes in your room and mama's going to be with you in 10 minutes, something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like, as, as he, as he gets more developed, like we've had a couple of dance parties um, and those have been really fun. He wants to dance like maybe two songs or something. And then he's kind of over it but those two songs are really thrilling. <laughs> um, and we, we took him, there's like a little outdoor dance um, in New York and we took him there. Like I, I want to find more areas where he can dance mm-hmm. outside, you know, um, like inside is going to be too loud and it's going to, he, he won't be able to escape it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we want to go outside or it's a little bit, quieter and we can walk away if we need to you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because it can be very like this is something that I didn't realize but like maybe it's particular to Malcolm but I I suspect that it's not but it can be so overstimulating you know like all of this loud music and all these people and all of this activity and everything you know what I mean so like I remember when he was really little there was you know those like little those little things where you can like stick your baby in and it has like the the button and the whistle and the thing that you spin. And you know what I mean? We put Mm -hmm. him in that, you know, and he like looked around and then his little cousin toddled up and she like hit a button to show him. And he just wept, 
he just like, because ah! it was just so much, like there were lights and you know what I mean? Aww. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so like, like being sympathetic, like this, it's a lot, you know, yeah. like it can be a lot for an adult who's yeah. new, you know, like he's, he's barely seen anything, you know? <laughs> and so like, being sympathetic, like taking him out and then being fine with like those two songs and then we're going to walk around, you know, mm-hmm. like, but it was really cool going to that, that outdoor dance because I think that's the first time he's seen me partner dance. And he thought that that was like really cool. So he wanted to partner dance with me after that. And I was like, <laughs> be cool, be cool, be cool. Oh, be cool, be cool. It means that, it's all right. <laughs> that's beautiful um but i I also like i sorry i just i i I don't want to expect him to be a dancer you know like Mm -hmm. if he loves it i would love that for him yeah but i in my in my heart i want to be okay with him being anything and i'm just really like continually trying to remember and be focused and open space for whatever he wants to be unless it's a football player (laughs) Then no. <laughs> then no, that's the only one. And everybody wants him to be a football player because he is massive. But no. It's <laughs> the one thing. He will be a good base for Ariel's if he gets into dancing. Oh, he'll be fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. He's that kid almost weighs as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> it it does sound like, you know, having a kid, you you have to like the way you live your life because someone is always watching you and they're growing in that example. Uh, we talked uh, about this with Peter and at least of like how instead of necessarily leading your kid to a certain art form, whether it's dance or painting, it's like if you live a creative life, whatever that creativity is, the, the kid will see that and, and it will open doors for him to also be creative and find an outlet of what that is. Mm-hmm. But um, I find it so amazing and not having kids just like, wow, someone like growing up in your environment and you have to be almost like more conscious of what you do, what you don't do, what you pursue, how you continue with your creativity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's, it's very lead by example. So like every, all of the, all of the items that you have in your house, you know, like the way you talk. Mm, yeah. You want to you set the example of something that you would be proud of to see in the future. For sure. Um, to, to round this off, I have three rapid questions and uh, you can answer in one word or one sentence. Uh, and the first one is, what is the best dance advice that you've heard or received? I think the best dance advice that I got, I've gotten a couple of really, I've gotten so many good pieces of dance Mm. advice, but like, um, uh, Tina Morales early on, like, uh, I did a competition and she told me like, it's like you're wearing all of your rings. So I can't see what any of it looks like. Just put on one ring and then I can see how fancy it is. And then take it off and then put on another ring. And now I can see how fancy it is. Like mm. be be choosy with yeah. your expressions, you know. And I think that goes along really well with music. Like any any advice you hear towards a musician mm-hmm. is excellent advice for a dancer. Like one of the things I think about a whole lot, I watch um, Wynton Marsalis interviews. Mm-hmm. Wynton Marsalis is like a really famous, very influential jazz musician out of Lincoln Center. Um, he's been interviewed in like every jazz documentary. Um, but he said, and he's very philosophical. Like anytime he gets asked, like, yeah. yeah, like a jazz question, he's never like, well, if you think about the diminished chord, like he never is technical like that. He's always mm-hmm. philosophical. And he said like one of the most difficult things that a jazz player, that a musician can do is play something quietly, but with intensity. And I feel that that resonates so well with me as a dancer. And I imagine with very many people, like how do you do something small, but telegraphing that you still care about it and that it's still important, you know, mm-hmm. like not everything has to be big. Let things like be choosy, 
be small and still be pointed, you know? Mm, beautiful. Uh, what's the worst dance advice you've got? I don't know that I personally have gotten bad dance advice, or maybe I'm a great selective listener. That's possible. <laughs> um, but I have like gotten in my head where I've gotten so much technical advice mm. that it limited my idea of who I could be. And I'm working my way out of that. Mm. I think that that will be also very relatable to at least some people. Um, if, especially if they've learned since 2008 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and finally what is success for you oh I don't know I mean I feel like I feel like every day is success like every time I learn something new it's success you know like I don't I don't have an end goal I don't want to like necessarily like put on a Broadway show though maybe one day I will and maybe that will be success you know I feel like success evolves mm -hmm. as I learn something mm -hmm. um but I just want to I want to rock it till the wheels fall off you know I want to I want to dance until I'm finally dead ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful thank you Laura and thank you for your positivity for your energy it's really really inspiring in this cold winter day <laughs> in Lithuania <laughs> It's really like a good dose of energy. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I could help. Thanks for, for making time for me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to What A Jazz Podcast. The episode was created together with the music of Dimitrio Papa, the visuals of Linda Vilnishkita, and the support from the Swinging Europe Network Project. You can follow our updates and the new episodes on What A Jazz Facebook page. Take care, goodbye, and until next time.